This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Now, today on the COVID Report, we speak about life after testing positive for COVID-19. To do this, we are joined by Togozani Ndaba, an activist, an all-round phenomenal person who, through her work, contracted the virus and is now living after COVID positive. Thank you so much, Togozani, for joining us here on the COVID Report. And firstly, prior to testing positive, share with us what was life like for you? Hi, Sipo. Thank you for having me. Well. Life was different, of course, for all of us. Um, This new way of living is a shock to the system, to the mind, to the heart, and to everything. And already we are fearful. We didn't know what's going on. And then just finding out that you have this virus obviously changes everything. But my life before COVID, I mean, I was able to go to work without fear, do my work in the communities, engage with people and be able to hang out with my friends, you know. And I travel a lot with my work, uh, teaching and education internationally. So that has disturbed my, um, it has disturbed me a lot um, emotionally and financially and just um, not being able to access platforms where I know that it could help influence change and policies that are put to marginalize the other. So really a setback for many. Now you were tested three times for COVID-19. Why was this? But firstly, what pushed you to get the first test? You know, actually what had happened was that uh, beginning of March, I was quite sick and um, that was like when we've just heard about this uh, brutal virus. So beginning of March, I started steaming and exercising and doing all the right things and taking vitamins, but I wasn't getting better. So because my throat had been hurting a lot and I had a cough that's not stopping, so I went to test beginning of March and my test came back negative and I was happy i was you know it was like a relief because we were all scared of this thing we didn't know what it was um and then um continued with work as you know my work i work in a squatter camp in former settlement with young people and i work in different spaces i interact with uh, a lot of people more especially around work even though we had lockdowns, but I had to deliver food, I had to make sure that there's food parcels, I had to make sure that uh, basic necessities uh, get to these young women. So while I was doing my work, I got sick again. Now this was in June. It was so bad that um, I collapsed and um, that's when I was rushed into ER and I was put on trips and yeah, I hadn't been eating for about five days. So the second time what got me to test is because of the symptoms were severe and the pains. And like I said, I had collapsed and lost consciousness. And jumping onto your second test, why did you test for the second time? How did you feel after finding out you were positive again? You know, Sipo, 
I tested, like I said, because I was exposed to somebody who um, was positive and it was important for me that I test myself before I can come back to work. But already my body was failing me because I could feel the symptoms and my body remembered the trauma and the pain of having this thing. So the whole of Thursday I spent crying because I didn't know that if my body could take that pain anymore, if I was strong enough or I had the strength to fight. Um, yeah, I was scared. I was terrified. But um, the pain started coming. It was the worst, worst uh shoulder pain that moved to the front and it would cross over to the left and it started affecting my chest so I, I had shortness of breath again that was the only common uh, symptom with the past COVID that I had the first time when I tested positive and also this time I started developing ulcers on my tongue so every day there was a new symptom the other day I developed ulcers in my tongue. Then it was hard for me to eat. Obviously, my throat started hurting. And every time I speak, even well, now, it would still hurt when I speak or laugh. And then I started, the following day, I would get like sores in my gums, like ulcers started developing in my gums. But I had no headaches. I could walk, you know, with COVID before I couldn't walk at all. You, you can't even move. So it's just a mind-blowing thing because it was so different, but also at the same time so real. Now, before I never had ulcers in my gums or ulcers in my mouth or sores in my gums, and I had no headache and I could walk, just the shortness of breath and the throat and um, nothing else was the same. So it's always a different uh, Sure, it's a different experience altogether. Yeah. Now, speaking about being in hospital, many COVID patients don't actually go into hospital, but you were in hospital but discharged yourself against medical advice. Why is this so, and how was your hospital experience like? You know, Sibu, besides that I hate hospitals, this had nothing to do with it. This had to do with my life, and I wanted to leave, and I needed help. So when I was rushed there, I couldn't even walk. Uh, I couldn't even, like I said, um, move. I had move. I was moving with assistance. So when I got there, they obviously put me on drips, and they rushed to say, "Well, this person needs um, help, uh, like urgently." But when they were putting me on drips and they were doing all this thing, uh, the first thing I noticed is that. I didn't see the, the nurse putting on the gloves, the new gloves as I was coming, and the doctors, and they're touching everything, and everybody's rushing. And while we're waiting there, while I'm on the second trip or the third trip, they asked me, or they tested me for COVID. Um, and then they asked me if, if it's possible for them to put two COVID patients in the same room where I was. And I had just been tested. My results were not back yet. And um, I was so confused and scared and stressed. And I just didn't think that was fair for them to ask me that. And more especially, Morningside Clinic is a private hospital. It's not just where you're in a government hospital, you know that 
they don't have enough rooms, they don't have enough beds and stuff like that. So the resources are not enough, but there, they had enough resources and I didn't understand why I have to be compromised and put in that room with the people who have tested positive already without my results being back. So I said, I refused. So they moved me somewhere else and then they attended to the patients who were in emergency mode, who had been tested positive and sicker and they kept coming. While they attending to those patients, they have to come back to me because I was still in emergency. But what hurt me the most while they were coming to me, their masks were not put properly. And at the same time, they were touching me with the same gloves that they've been touching the people who had been who had tested positive. And I just didn't think that I was safe to be there and it was okay for me to be there. So I asked for them if I could be discharged and I would be taken care of better at home. A very scary experience indeed. Now, Togozani, do you have any idea where you caught this COVID-19 from in the first instance? Uh, like I said, uh, on the brochure that I was trying to pick out some stuff from you to say that, you know, with this COVID, we need to be careful and not put a stigma to say the, the location or ethnicity or whatever. So you can get it anyway. You can get it at a supermarket. You can get it at home even. You can get it in the building where you live. You can get it anywhere. Changing money, getting change from the money. I don't know. But all I know is that um, it's possible to get it anyway. You cannot pinpoint and say, this is a person who gave me COVID. Some people maybe are able to trace it out and say that, but for me, it's just seem impossible because we still go to the supermarkets and get food. We still touch trolleys, even though they're sanitized and washed and we wear gloves. We're still breathing with people. You can never, 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 never. And we have to be careful, more especially with stigma to say, oh, you brought COVID home or you got COVID here or I got it here. You can never know unless if people know that I interacted with somebody who had COVID. Like I said, my second test is because I had interacted with somebody who was positive. So Tokozani, going to the actual virus, what were some of your COVID-19 symptoms as it differs from patient to patient? Um, well, the first time I tested positive, uh, because I've tested positive twice, but the first time, like I said, when I collapsed, it was very, very difficult for me to feel my senses, like my legs. Uh, I couldn't move my legs and um, I couldn't taste food or smell. So I lost my senses, taste, smell. And I had this excruciating headache that never went away. Every day the headache was there. But also just to remember, you know, just remembering that pain, that is a pain that I've never felt in my life. I don't think, uh, I mean, I don't wish that pain on anybody. So what I was feeling was that um, I had aches all over my body. I had body aches. And, you know, when you feel like, your body, you're not feeling your body, there's tingling sensation and you don't know which part is feeling or which part is so. So every day there'll be like a throat infection. Every day there'll be a nose infection. If it's not that, it's on the head. If it's not that, it's on my upper body. 
then my lower body, then every part of, of, of my body, then my legs, then everywhere, internally, externally, everything just hurts so much that you couldn't even explain. It's something that you cannot explain to anybody who has never had it. But also what happened was that my partner at home had also tested positive, but she had no symptoms at all while I was in my dying bed. And the shortness of breath was the most scary one because I get panic attacks and anxiety attacks. So most nights I wouldn't sleep because um, I wouldn't be able to breathe. And I was scared that I would die while I'm sleeping. So I would stay up all night or if, because uh, I was in isolation. So I was in a different room, obviously different bathroom. So she couldn't hear if I'm breathing or not breathing. Then I got the help um, uh, of the nebulizer that helped me to breathe better. But it was still a struggle. That puts us very nicely in my next question. Outside of the nebulizer, what helped you? treat the COVID-19 since it has no cure no medication it's very different for each person you know I would say that um, the vitamins I would say that were prescribed for me by the doctors and listening to other people to what they're saying and just reading what is on the social media what works the vitamin D and C and zinc I took that a lot but also we forgot that People can work with what they have at home. Most people cannot afford those kind of things. But if you have Vicks at home, I steamed a lot with Vicks, just steaming with Vicks morning, during the day and at night consistently. You know, that helps to open your chest. It also helps with the, the throat and the nose, obviously the nasal, because COVID enters through your eyes, through your mouth and through your nose. So before it gets into the lungs, it helps a lot when you can steam. Sometimes you catch it before it goes down there because it sits up here. So I was doing a lot of that. And the other thing that I was doing was goggling um, with betadine. Um, and also every morning during the day and at night, like maybe five cups of hot something. If you don't have tea or sugar, then use hot water and lemon. It's easy to find lemon. Or if you don't have money for fresh lemon, you buy lemon juice, which is leco, and that is easier because you just squeeze now and then. But I would say steaming and uh, hot watered lemons or tea, have a hot drink every time, hot drink every time, and have Vicks because rubbing your chest with Vicks also opens it. It opens up. It helped me a lot to open up. And my back, also rubbing your chest with um with Vicks. Um, what else can I think of? And also taking Disprin, the red Disprin. It also helps because it thins your blood because you don't want your blood thickening. And also using still pain for pains because you cannot use ibuprofen or anything else. And also taking Epsom salt baths because your body is aching and I use a lot of eucalyptus. Um, the other thing that also helped me, I was lucky enough um, that a friend of mine had introduced me to essential oils. So I took a lot of those essential oils like uh, from Tetera, like lemon, lavender, frankincense in my mouth. 
but not everybody can take that because not essential oils are clean and clear to be taken orally. So I was lucky to have that. But I would say hot baths with Epsom salt. If you don't have a bath in your household, then you just keep steaming, keep drinking that hot water and lemon. And if you can't get those vitamins, and ACC 200 helps a lot with the chest because the chest is the biggest problem when you cannot breathe and you feel that shortness of breath. It opens the chest. So you've shared with us what you did to help the virus and how you felt before testing positive. How did you feel while you were in isolation and how was isolation for you? What did your body feel like under the pressure? You know, um, Sipo, what we need to address as, as, as people, as the human beings, it's stigma. Stigma can kill somebody, you know. I felt a lot of stigma. That was hurtful. Um, and uh, it's hard to deal with it when people um, in the building, I guess people didn't know how to react toward this thing. So you felt like discriminated against because people are, are not informed or there's not a lot of information or there's wrong information that's going around. And while I was in that room, I went from being angry to being upset to being depressed. It's just a new, um, like a new feeling every day. I was having new emotions. But depression was sinking in because obviously everybody has to see me through the window. I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't taste the food. I hadn't eaten for nine days and everybody's saying you must eat and force yourself to eat. But my throat hurts. I cannot put food in my mouth because I cannot swallow. My inside hurts. Every time I eat, I know my stomach is going to be sore, but I cannot taste also. I'm not craving anything. And uh, it was just painful for me to not being able to get a hug, more especially when you're sick like that, you need touch. It's a human nature to feel the touch and the rubs, not being able to be rubbed and to have to have washed my own bathtub with no energy. It was hard. So yeah, I had different emotions. I'll be sad, I'll be happy, I would think like I might not wake up tomorrow. So I guess what helped me was finding something that was motivational to me and inspiring. So what I did was I found this um, coloring book for all the African queens and, you know, that you could color. It was about, because Africa is all about color. And that brightened me up all the time. I touched that book and I felt like it lightened up my spirit. It brought me back and I would play music and sing along and just color, color on. And I think it brought me back from feeling depressed and from feeling different and feeling that, oh, uh, yeah, I cannot be with people. And um, I will post my stories on social media. So that helped me to engage with people. And I had a lot of love from all over the world where people will send me messages of hope and courage and prayers. And that was one of the things that kept me alive. Without me fighting for my life every day, just the love from my friends and the prayers 
and seeing how much people believe that I'm needed here and I need to be here, it even makes you fight more, even though you cannot see them, you cannot hear them, you cannot touch them. But through um, social media, I was able to feel the love and pull through. Yeah. Very beautiful lesson in that feeling, the love and joys and carrying yourself through the small things, including coloring. Now, your work was deemed essential during level five and four, meaning that you interacted with people with the necessary safety measures. Despite this, there was a potential that you could have spread the virus further. How did you get through this knowing that you could have potentially spread the virus? Well, for me, uh, I believe strongly that prevention is better than cure. So before I can uh, protect somebody out there, I needed to protect myself. So I needed to make sure that I was ready and my body was ready. If I'm not, my cup isn't full or I'm not well enough to, to be out there, there's no point because I'm giving nothing. So what I did was that after 26 days of being better and um, and feeling like I'm gaining my strength again, it was crucial for me to go and see the girls because the environment that they're in and they needed help with the learning. As you know that because of COVID and lockdown, with the schools they go to, so they're missing out. So it was important to continue organizing the tutors. But uh, before I went back out there, I made sure that I went to test again. So I went to test and um, I tested negative. And it was important for me to test because I had had the after effects of COVID where my skin started peeling from face, hands, legs, um, feet, and my internal organs were hurt because you could feel that this virus is very brutal. You feel how it has destroyed your body, even if it's gone. So my result came back negative. And then I made sure that all the young women we were with were masks and we also got them visors which are shields which made it then easier for me to be able to collect all the necessities and the basics that they need and and food and be able to deliver and be able to continue the lesson with them through wearing visors and wearing masks and yeah even though I was negative by then because I had to make sure that I was cleared before I can go and interact with other people. So you have just spoken about something that's not spoken about a lot or is not something that we have covered here on the COVID report, which is the damage the virus has done to your body. Please, can you share with us what you are feeling has changed since you tested COVID positive within your body. You mentioned the peeling skin and your organs, but please do share more. For me, uh, the peeling was so scary because I didn't know if uh, it was going to get better. And this virus is already coming with a stigma. So now with my hands peeling and my face peeling, I just thought that nobody's going to ever talk to me or see me as normal again, I'm already being stigmatized. So it was very, very harsh. And um, also internally, when I walk, every step I take, I feel hurt inside. I feel the pain inside. 
So even though that uh, I could walk now, um, I could move or I could eat and I was negative, but it took long for me to be able to walk without pain, for me to be able to stand without leaning against something, for me to not worry that I would wake up with a headache. And also, this disease definitely destroys us internally. Definitely, that's a definite. And uh, it can affect your heart and you can have strokes from it. But what I know is that uh, with me, what I've been sharing with friends, besides the peeling of skin and the internal organs feeling that I've been harmed, I also feel that it affected uh, my brains. Um, I don't... Mm, I don't um, remember things sometimes. I think I've said it. Well, um, yeah, it, it, it's just, yeah, it has a really bad um, effect on our bodies, even though it can leave your body, but you are damaged for life. Other people's lungs, yeah, it differs. It really does differ. And thank you so much for sharing with us how it has changed your life. Now, I know that you are someone who was very scared of COVID-19. While I was traveling, you would send me everyday messages, please wear your mask, please do this, please do this. What are some of your fears now that COVID-19 is here and living as someone who was tested, who has tested COVID positive? Um, It's just disturbing to see that our government is not doing what they're supposed to do to help limit the spread or eliminate the spread of this virus. And also the health workers, they don't have proper PPE. So I could blame those nurses and whatever. Maybe they didn't have enough gloves because the Department of Health hasn't been providing you know, and um, my fear is that the information that is out there is not correct for everybody. You know, some people say to me, Tabazani, how are we expected to isolate if I live in one room shack? My fear is for my young women I work with, for the people who are most marginalized, who are already neglected, who don't have access to water, electricity, because if you share a toilet with eight families, not just eight people, eight families. In those families, they got six or five people in the house and you share a toilet that doesn't flush and it cleans, they get cleaned once a week. How are the chances of you protecting yourself? How do you protect somebody who's in that situation? And um, also people not taking this virus seriously. Maybe if you haven't had it, and it hasn't attacked your body, it's easy to say that, oh, it's not that bad, or sometimes people exaggerate, you can still leave. People are like, yeah, we get it and leave, we all get it and leave. Not everybody survives. The healthiest people, runners, who are healthy and eat healthy, who are young and fit, they die from this disease. This is real. It can kill young ones, old ones. Nobody's immune to it. We all need to protect ourselves. Let's all wear the masks. Let's all wash hands. Let's all try and sanitize. Stay home as much as you can. The restaurants are always going to be there. We will. I believe that we will get back again. Obviously, things won't be the same, but we can rush now because we're losing so many and there's no need to lose so many.
we can protect ourselves and each other. So yeah, what hurts me the most is seeing the numbers of people dying well. This thing can be prevented. Now, you briefly touched on the stigma around COVID-19. Have you experienced this in your life in great extent? And how are you fighting back against the stigma? Yeah, I experienced it badly, really, really badly, more especially, like I said, uh, at home and in the apartment building where we were living. And um, it was very hurtful, you know, it was very hurtful. And that's what can push people into depression. And most people that I've spoken to in the neglected communities where I work, and they said, Tukuzan, if I say I'm positive, then I can go to work. I cannot make money. Then I can't do anything. They, they, they'll make me stay at home. So I have to not test, even if I'm sick. I have to try and do and follow like uh, precautions that they're telling us to follow, like um, and do what I can, but I cannot um, tell people that I'm, I'm positive because the stigma that will come with it um, and I cannot work because I'll spread it, but also in the neighborhood. Um, the people in the neighborhood, once you've had COVID, everybody's talking about you, nobody wants to touch you, nobody wants to come close to you. You're just this walking virus now. You, you're a germ, you know. People treat you like a germ and people treated me like a germ. They still do. Like people, when they see me, they're like, oh my God, Tukuzani, you, you survived COVID. Like, it's like, Yes, it is a big thing, but they make it seem like there's something wrong with it of having COVID. And um, we don't go out there looking for it. As much as I try to protect myself, I still got it. And right now what I've done is we've created a brochure. We came up with a brochure about um, that's going to help to educate people. And I've asked the young women from the foundation to do translations on it, to translate them the brochure that's talking about stigma, just stigma on COVID, nothing else. So, you know, you can get information on COVID about that and that and that, but this one is just touching on stigma. It said, stop stigmatization, the socials, um, the, the negative attitude. It talks about, um, let's talk about COVID as people who are infected and affected by it because we all affected by it and it talks about the guidelines you know and the rules and regulations of social distancing even if especially it talks to the people who live in shacks who are in uh, one homes well, how can we see how we can social distance and use what we have to protect ourselves and as i said it's getting translated in different guna languages and also like motivate people you know how do you stay motivated how do you like I said, I got uh, motivated by picking up that coloring book and interaction with social media. But if you cannot have social media, what is it that you can find within the household that can keep you motivated? Because this COVID thing is depressing. Even if you do not have COVID, the whole lockdown to stay home, to not interact, it's a shock on the system for us and all of us and our bodies. So lastly, one of my last few questions, Rosani, before I let you go, is what would your advice be to someone who has tested positive for COVID-19 and for South Africans at large? 
for somebody who's tested positive, just tap into your support system, you know? My friends and family and friends from all over the world, they can give you comfort because, like I said, the depression that comes with it and stigma and the isolation, it hurts so, so much to know that you have to do everything in that room. Sometimes you get stressed by the ends because you eat there, you have to wait before they can take the they can take the dishes or whatever, all those things. It's just like, yeah. So what I would say to people, do not panic when you've tested positive. It's not a that sentence. You can still like um, get out of it by doing the things that have been put by the, the health department to say, do these things. Um, the things I mentioned earlier, like steaming with Vicks, hot water with lemon, getting a rub if you can, still mask yourself. If somebody is helping you at the house, don't say because you have COVID. Sometimes you have no strength. Just to stand up from the bed, it takes away all your strength. Sometimes just to eat, it takes away all your strength. You finish by the time, but continue trying and fight because you got to keep fighting to, to be alive and to fight for the others and for the next generation. This was not just a fight for me, for this COVID. It was fighting for the whole world and the whole South African to say that, yes, we can beat this, but we beat this by following orders and instructions, by staying home, by isolating, by taking care of you, by doing all these things that um, needs to be done so that you can feel better. Um, yeah, but to South Africans is that COVID is real. We can beat it if we listen to what needs to be done and not be out there and think of the time for now. The times will come where we're able to engage again and open up again. But for now, let's keep to ourselves so that and isolate so that we don't spread the disease even more because we know our system. We don't have resources like now. In hospitals, there are no beds. Whether you COVID or you have asthma, whatever you go for, there are no beds. It's full of people who have COVID. But if we can all listen and limit ourselves from engaging and opening ourselves to contract this disease, it could be better if we, we, we prevent it than just exposing ourselves into it. So, yeah, I don't have much ways, but just positive mind stay positive even if you have it do the right things and stay positive because the mind is the most powerful thing it can heal you and your body you know and then the remedies that i've said now there's something called covid fatigue where many people are getting tired of hearing about covid are you one person that can relate to that you've tested covid positive covid is everywhere we are are you covid fatigued yet I don't know. My body is just tired of the violation and the poking because um, after I tested negative, I was exposed to somebody else who had COVID when I went somewhere to go heal in a game farm. And I had to test again. And when I tested, uh, my result came back positive. So that was shocking again that after test negative, you can still test positive. Yeah, I just think we have to be very, very careful and cautious. But 
you can never be tired of hearing about it because we need to continue preaching about it. We need to, to not stop because this virus is here and staying with us. So we all have to continue sharing information, educating each other, make sure that you help people understand Oh, make people understand that it's not about vitamins that you cannot access, what you have that you can use in the house. How do we encourage each other? I just don't think there's something called COVID fatigue. That's, that's for the privileged who don't know how painful and how much we need to make sure that this thing doesn't spread to all of everybody in this country. Now, lastly, Tokozani, how do you view life since being COVID positive? For you, you said COVID was something that was life or death. What has now changed on the view of life? For me, you know, I think COVID is here to remind the universe and human beings that kindness is important to everybody. We need to be kind to one another because COVID you cannot do anything for yourself. You need support and help from another person. But if people are not kind, they don't see and they stigmatize, they're not able to help. So I think it's here to remind ourselves to be kind to one another. And for me, it has taught me that every minute of every hour in life is just as important. Leave it as your last, you know, share whatever information that you have. I always say, now I'm even saying it more that my gospel is kindness and my religion is love. That's all we can give each other right now. And COVID is here to remind us of all those things. And yeah, right now I'm continuing to spread that even more about myself that I need to live life. Every moment is precious. Every minute is worth living. And that was Togozani Ndaba sharing with us her life and journey with COVID-19 after testing positive twice and tested a total of three times. Thank you so much, Togozani, for joining us here on the COVID Report and unpacking with us your journey. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams via www.varfm.co.za.